Uh, would you please join me today in John chapter 13 this morning? John chapter 13. I'd like to share something that can bring you great joy in your life. It goes to the core of who you are. It is an attitude that, that changes everything. King David said, I delight to do thy will, O my God, in Psalm 40 and verse 8. It is God's will for you to be here at BJU this semester. And yes, you're doing life. And yes, you're going to classes. But the joy of life comes in delighting to do God's will. And so that's my message title today. It is Delighted to Serve. Would you please stand with me as I read from John chapter 13, beginning in verse 4. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel. And girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Let your eyes drop down to verse 12. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord. And ye say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. May we pray together. Lord, I ask now that you might allow these students to set aside the cares upon their hearts, May they hear the message that you have for each one of us today. God, teach us to choose to do the will of God with joy to be fully surrendered that one day we might all hear in heaven, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, everyone wants their life to count, right? I mean, everyone wants to make a difference and leave the world a better place. Yet we all have a problem. And that problem is that we are all sinners, aren't we? And and so that's the hindrance of us making a positive impact on others. We all fight selfishness every day. Well, one couple came in for counseling and the wife said, My husband is so selfish. You just can't believe it. And the counselor asked, well, give me an example of what you mean. And she said, well, he's so selfish that when he won a trip to Hawaii for two, he went twice. Right. So that's selfish. Uh, years ago, Jody and I flew out to Lancaster, California. And after the Wednesday service, we drove out to the Palm Desert for a pastor's meeting. Uh, we arrived uh, midnight their time, 3 a.m. our time. We checked into our room. It was freezing. The heater was broken. So I called the front desk and they dispatched a maintenance man. And he said, yep, it's broken. I, I can't fix it until the morning when I can get a part. But I can get a space heater out of my boss's office. And so a few minutes later, he returned with the heater and we kindly thanked him. Exhausted, we crawled into bed about 4 a.m. our time. And the next morning, I found a note slipped under our door with vouchers for breakfast. And it was signed by the night manager with this closing. Delighted to serve. 
delighted to serve. I couldn't believe it. He took the extra time to write an apology note and signed it this way, delighted to serve. Why? Why would he do that? Why would he be delighted to serve? For a paycheck? For the satisfaction of a job well done? Uh, To keep a guest happy, hoping he won't get yelled at in the morning? Or because he really cared? And I thought, here's an unsaved man working hard for approval, and yet, yet how much more should we who are saved, we who are saved from the penalty of our sin, we who are saved from the wrath to come, how much more should we be grateful and delighted to serve our Savior, Jesus Christ? So here's a picture of what it, what it looks like to mean delighted to serve from John chapter 13. I like this, this moment in John 13 in the upper room right after the Lord's Supper to capture your mind. And I'd like you to think about, about your attitude and about your actions and about your life. And on the, on the left you see the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. On the right you see the feet of one of the twelve disciples. On the left you see the hands of the Lord of glory, the creator of the world, kneeling in humility, kneeling in love and service as an example to all of us. On the right, can you see the feet of every one of the twelve disciples? Can you see your feet? Uh, What you see is a snapshot of Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of, of a what? A servant. Jesus Christ was delighted to serve us. He came into the world to do the Father's will, Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And so Jesus, he has just explained to his disciples that he is going to suffer and die on a cross for their sins. But they have become distracted. They are unable to read the room. What has captivated their attention? This question. Uh, Who is greatest among them? And they're arguing. And one says, well, it's got to be Peter because he's the only guy here who walked on the water. Another says, no, it's got to be John because, well, John, he's always right next to the Lord. And someone says, no, it's got to be Andrew. He is the best soul winner of anyone here. I mean, Andrew, he, he brought Peter to the Lord and he brought that, that little boy with the lunch. He brought him to the Lord and he brought that uh, uh, those group of Greeks uh, to the Lord as well. It's got to be Andrew, the best soul winner. I can tell you exactly who was the greatest. And it was the Lord Jesus Christ. End of discussion. But Jesus took their bickering as an opportunity to teach them one of the most important lessons on how to live. And every tribe, every time they struggled with pride, Jesus knew just what to say and when to say it. It reminds me back in the 1970s, Muhammad Ali reigned as the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. And no one was more aware of his greatness than Ali himself. And he'd call himself king and Superman and God, and he would always remind people by saying, I'm the greatest of all time. 
Well, you may have heard the story when he boarded the airplane one day, Ali met his match. The flight attendant was walking up the aisle and making sure everyone had their seatbelts fastened. And when she noticed he had not fastened his, she asked him to do so. And he, he just grunted and he crossed his arms and he said, Superman don't need no uh, seatbelt. Unimpressed, the flight attendant just smiled and said, Sir, Superman don't need no airplane. Uh, go ahead and buckle up. And he buckled his seatbelt. Now, Jesus is now going to give his disciples a lesson they will never forget. He's going to show them by example what true greatness is. How? By kneeling, serving, and washing the disciples' feet. We see it in verse 4 and 5. Without a word, he takes off his outer garment, his robe. He picks up a towel. He pours water into a basin. He begins to wash their dirty feet. And there is a sudden hush that comes across the group. Embarrassed and ashamed. Why? The customary practice of washing the feet had been missed. No one thought to meet that need. No one but Jesus. One by one, he washes their dirty feet. Jesus washed Peter's feet. He's a difficult disciple. Uh, Peter questions, Peter debates. Uh, verse 6, uh, Lord, do you wash my feet? Uh, verse 8, thou shalt never wash my feet. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, how rude. How rude it is for you and I to tell God uh, what to do and what not to do. And so Jesus answers, Peter, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me, verse 8. At times, Peter was a difficult person, obstinate, opinionated, outspoken, and often wrong. God wants you to be willing to wash the feet of difficult people in your life. How? Well, by loving them, forgiving them, being patient with them, instructing them with a humble heart. And then to be able to pray for them. Do you have a difficult person like Peter in your life right now? A family member, a roommate, not a good time to raise your hand, a a co-worker, a friend, a professor, a student. How are you responding to them? How are you treating that difficult person? You'll never know if you have a servant's heart until someone treats you like a servant. Here's a couple of verses that that have helped me that I learned in Bible college many years ago uh, in dealing with difficult people. Second Timothy two twenty four and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. But, you know, the truth is at one time or another, we're all difficult people, aren't we? Jesus washed Peter's feet, a difficult disciple. Jesus also washed Judas's feet, a dangerous disciple. Judas, the betrayer, Judas, the traitor, Judas, the thief, John 12, 6. Judas is a dangerous disciple. Uh, You know, it's one thing to serve a disciple with all kinds of potential, but it's another thing to serve someone with no potential. And Jesus knew that Judas was becoming his enemy. Let's so let's suppose for a moment in that picture, it's the feet of Judas. I mean, that'd be hard to wash his feet, wouldn't it? I mean, if you or I were Jesus, would you have a hard time washing the feet of serving someone who hates you? 
Why did Jesus wash his feet? Well, to show us how to love our enemies. Uh, Jesus practiced what he preached, didn't he? Uh, we're all to show love, even to those people who don't like us. Our Lord said this before, didn't he? He said, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that what? That curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Matthew five forty four. Uh, maybe you have been mistreated. Maybe you have gone through some type of abuse in your past. I understand. I know it's hard. I lived in a violent, abusive, alcoholic home with a stepdad for several years until, until my stepdad came to Christ. God transformed his life. But God's grace is greater than your past. God's grace is greater than anything that you have experienced. And so Jesus, he washed the feet of a difficult disciple. He washed the feet of a dangerous disciple. But he also washed the feet of the other ten, the deserters. In 2023, God will bring into your life all three of these kinds of people for you to minister to. Difficult people, dangerous people, and a bunch of deserters. And with God's help... Will you show them love? Will you show them kindness? Will you show them forgiveness? Will you serve them by helping them? So the question is, why? Why did Jesus wash their feet? Well, he said as an example, an example to uh, for them to follow. We see that in verse 15. In verse 15, he says, For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. And Peter got it. Remember when he wrote his epistle, uh, his letter, he said, uh, Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. First Peter 2.21. And so if we're his followers, his disciples, then we should do what he said. Uh, why did Jesus wash their feet? Well, secondly, letter B, to, to teach them humility. We see that in verse 16. I mean, it's a humbling thing to wash dirty feet. He could have demanded that they wash his feet. Jesus is teaching us a spiritual paradox, isn't he? The way up is the way down. So don't make it your goal in life to climb the uh, the ladder, but rather to kneel and to serve and to spiritually wash feet. Paul, a servant of God. Peter, a servant of God. James, a servant of God. Why did Jesus wash their feet? One more, uh, to show them the joy of serving. Look with me at verse 17. In verse 17, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Here it is in verse 17. Jesus says, gentlemen, if you will be delighted to serve me and others, if you'll be delighted to serve me and others, you will be happy. This is the only time in all four Gospels where you find the word makarios, translated as happy. And so with the power of God on them, they could turn Jerusalem upside down. What kind of spiritual potential is in this worship center today? I believe there's enough students here to turn your city upside down for Jesus Christ. God can use you and God wants to use you. So what is greatness in God's eyes? It's being a servant. Spiritual greatness is finding out what God wants you to do and doing it joyfully with all of your heart. Greatness is simply doing your best where you are today. 
If you're going to be a servant leader, you might as well determine you're going to do it with joy. Be delighted to serve. It's a choice. I love the story about D.L. Moody, who lay one night in the Moody Bible Institute, similar to this core convention going on here this week. After this convention, he's checking the halls, and uh, he turned a corner, and he came upon the rooms where some visiting preachers from England were sleeping. And he noticed outside their door they had, uh, they had left their shoes. Spotting some students who were walking by, he said, do you, do you know why these shoes are here? And they said, yes, in their country, uh, they put their shoes out at night to be cleaned. He asked the students if they would take them to the room and clean them. And one of the young men said with an attitude, Mr. Moody, I did not come to Bible college to clean shoes. I came to study the word of God for the ministry. And the other said the same thing. He said, very well, return to your rooms. Then Moody himself, he collected the shoes. He took some chalk and he wrote the room number in the bottom of the shoe. And then he went back to his room and he polished and cleaned them through the night and he put them back in the morning. Mr. Moody didn't have a Bible college education, and it showed. Spurgeon said that Moody was the only man he knew who could say Mesopotamia in two syllables. But he shook two continents for Christ. What made Moody great? He loved God and he loved people. He's the, he's the short guy in the picture there with the hat on and the beard with these orphans. He followed his Lord's example, and he got his towel dirty. When you think of what our Lord did for you and me, how can we not but give our best in serving our Savior and others? Is he your Lord? Is he your master? Are you following his example? I have a microfiber towel to, uh, to give to you today for the seniors. To keep your your screens, your phone and iPad and glasses clean. Uh, May it remind you that greatness is serving. And serving brings happiness. Uh, Young people, use your gifts. And go get your towels dirty. And one day you'll hear from your Savior, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But he's only going to say that. To people who do something and who do it well. So be delighted to serve. Let me give you some applications here. Be delighted to serve your family. Contact your parents and siblings one more time a week than you usually do. And for some, that might be the first time this semester, okay? Give them a little heart attack. Uh, Someday you're going to discover that relationships are more important than money. Relationships are more important than things. More important than fun. More important than even getting straight A's. One week ago today was Ben Bennett's memorial service. Former BJU student who died in a skiing accident in New Hampshire. He was 21. Today's the day to love and serve your family. Be delighted to serve your friends. How? Help them when they have a need. Now, now, don't write their papers for them. Okay, that's not a good idea. Uh, but, but get your towel dirty and help them when they have a need. Uh, be delighted to serve the unsaved. Uh, join in the university track distribution program next month. 
Our church, Valley Forge Baptist, it exists because in 1975, someone, I don't know who, but, but what they did is they, they put a track down on the counter at the Sunoco Springfield service station. And the car had broken down. My dad had uh, just been saved, led to Christ by a co-worker. And they were looking for a church. My mom picked it up. And that led to my salvation. I believe in putting out tracks. Thousands have been saved through dozens of ministries. We support over 230 missionaries in heaven. In heaven, wouldn't you like to be that one that put out that track? You won't know until heaven that you had a part in it. Here's something you, to, you can do. When you, when you go to a restaurant and the waitress brings your food, say this. Say, we're Christians and we always thank God for our food and we always pray for our waitress. And Mary, we're going to pray for you today. Is there anything specific we can pray for you about? Family, school, and usually they're so grateful. Then leave a good tip. All right? <laughs> leave a good tip and then uh, leave attract. You, some surveys say it takes about seven touches before someone will come to Christ or come to church. I was uh, visiting at the Phoenixville Hospital and I went to the, the front desk and I asked the room number of this gentleman and, and um, they told me. And so I pulled out this little card. It, it uh, just has a picture of the church and on the back it has a QR code. It's at uh, uh, a five-minute video at MyRelationshipToGod.com, and I present the gospel in five minutes. And so I handed it to the gentleman. My name's not in here. My picture's not on here. And the guy looks at me, and he says, Are you Pastor Wendell? I said, Yes. He said, I bought your house almost 20 years ago. I said, You did? And so we chatted a bit about the kids growing up, and, and he said, We're looking for a church. And so I, I left and walked down the hall about 60 seconds, and I got on the elevator, and a lady got on before me, and she had on one of the hospital coats and the badge, and, and she said, what, what floor? And I said, uh, number three. And she pushed the button three, and she said, oh, that's not good. Uh, that's the ICU floor. And I said, I'm um, a pastor, and I'm here visiting one of our church members. And so I pulled out the card, and I, I said, after work, if you'd take this uh, on that QR code, there's a five-minute video, the best news in all the world. And she looked at me and said, are you Pastor Wendell? And I said, yes. She said, I bought your house almost 20 years ago. I said, you got to be kidding. And here I said, I just talked to your husband uh, at the front desk. And he said, you're looking for a church. Now, what are the chances? Hundreds of people working at this hospital, and with a 60-second period, I could just see both husband and wife, and so they recognized the church building. I want you to know that every time we're involved in plowing, planting, watering, we're one of those seven touches. Don't you want to be a part of what God's doing? And so join in. Be delighted to serve the unsaved. Be delighted to serve your university. Write a short thank you note to your professors. Uh, I don't mean thanks a lot for teaching me patience this semester, okay? No, I mean, I mean a genuine, a genuine note of thanks. Uh, do it once a semester. Be delighted to serve your God. Uh, when you have a thought to do something good, when you have a thought to do something for God, that's not from the devil. That's the prompting of the Spirit of God. And so go ahead and do it. Take that nudge as a prompting from the Holy Spirit. Young people, go get your towels dirty and experience a lifetime of joy. 
Now, if the message of being delighted to serve does not appeal to you today, then maybe you need a new Lord, a new master. Jesus said, if I then your Lord and master have washed your feet, go wash one another's feet. If you're not born again, today is the greatest day of your life to turn your heart over to Christ and to be saved. Let's be delighted to serve. May we we pray. Our Father, may each of us choose, choose to be delighted to serve our Savior. May nothing stop us from keeping him first in our lives. Lord, help us to be like Jesus and wash the feet of others, uh, the difficult the dangerous, and even the deserters. Help us to choose to find true joy and happiness in serving you. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.